Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Bibles, turn with me to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 12. We'll get to that here in a little while. Um, uh, I, I want to make a statement, and I told, I used a really big word, and I don't even know if it's the right word, uh, but you can correct me later, your emails and cards and letters and stuff, and so <laughs> you could do that. Um, but I want to make a really ostentatious, is that right? Ostentatious yeah. Yeah. statement. It, and so I, I guess what that means to me, so if I'm going to just use the word, I'll make my own definition for it, is uh, it's a really big, bold statement, Okay. And, and so that, what the statement is, is this message is probably the most important message I have ever preached in my life. I'm not talking about, you know, this is a message that's important for this season. I'm talking about this is a message that's probably out of the 35 years, 36 years, whatever it's been that I've been preaching. Uh, it, is, it is the most important message that I've preached. Because, and the reason is, is because this message if you will get, if you will grasp and, and apply its truth, it changes everything. You know, I was, I, I've been online, you know, we all do this from time to time, go online and we're looking for different things, you know, that will help our health. And now that I'm getting a little bit older, my legs are hurting, my feet are hurting. And I know you could say, well, if you, you know, lost a couple thousand pounds, you'd be all right, you know. Um, and, and so I do, oftentimes I go online looking for ideas for diets and stuff. And, and I, just, I just refuse to listen to my doctor who says, move more, eat less, and you'll lose weight. I, I just refuse that because that's just too easy. What I want, I want a pill. I want, I want a pill. I want a potion. I want, I want a, 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 a incantation. I want a magic wand. I want something that I can get that I can buy online that I have to put no effort into and I can lose all the weight. That's what I want. I, 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 I that's it, right? I, I want to, I want to go from this to this, you know, you know what I'm saying. I, I, in, in a snap, I, I, that's what I want. And 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 you know what? The funny thing is, is there are a lot of things out there that promise that. You know, take this pill, you know, and while you're sleeping, and I'm like, hey, now you're talking my language, man. I, you know, I'll just take a lot of naps. It's like, how'd you lose that weight? I went home, went to bed. That's, I just laid down and slept and lost all the weight. That's what I want. And they promise you everything, don't they? They promise you everything. Well, I know what I'm saying. I'm promising you that this sermon, the truth of this sermon, if you apply it to your life, will change everything. And you're going to see that here in a minute because the reason I'm I'm confident in saying that is because I'm going to show you scripturally. This is not just my opinion. I'm going to show you scripturally. So with that thought in mind, I I want you to think about this. And I kind of want to start off with, I think we've all done what I'm about to say. You know, every now and then when I'm in line at the grocery store, you know, and and to be honest with you, we don't really stand in line much because we always go to the self-check. You know, we, don't you hate the self-check though? I don't, have you ever been at Smith's? Because it seems like Smith's is the worst one. Is that self-check lady, that, that, that computerized lady, you, you know, you, you, you scan your chicken noodle soup and you're right here to put it in the bag and she goes, put the stuff in the bag. And it's like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> just, just shut up. 
I, I just scanned it. I got to have like more than a millisecond to get it in the bag. It's got to be, you know, and I hate that. I, it's don't rush me. I'm not going to steal it. If I was going to steal it, I trust, trust me, you would not know anything about it. You know, and it's like, oh, and I get so frustrated after about two or three things, I go, that's it, I'm out. And I, and I look at Kathy and I go, I'm going to the car. You, you're, you got to do that. I, I can't take the lady inside that computer. I cannot. And so we don't really stand in line, but every now and then, you know, when we're in line, and especially uh, several years ago, I mean, it was more popular back then, but I, I always loved looking at the tabloids because I would read the headlines and I always would stand in line and I'd have to chuckle at the head headlines. I, I mean, it just blows my mind what people will actually believe. And so I just want to share a couple uh, headlines with you of over the years that I've read from tabloids. I, one of my favorite ones is this one. 22-year-old man gives birth to 14-pound baby boy. Father and son doing well. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Does, uh, uh, is there anybody? No, no, it's true. I saw it and it was in the Inquirer. I saw it. It's true. How about this headline? I love this one. New evidence shows our government run by aliens from beyond our galaxy. Now, I'm not sure that one might be true. That, 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 that one might be, that may be true. And then this one, I love this one. It says, man survives failed parachute jump by flapping his arms like a bird. I just, you know, I, I could just get a, I get a visual, you know. I see this poor guy spinning as his parachute, he cuts the chute loose and he just starts flapping. And he's flapping so fast that he gains enough lift to just kind of gently set him on the ground. Wouldn't that be amazing? I, I love that. Or this one, this, 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 I won't bore you anymore. This is the last one. <laughs> After years of study, scientists can conclusively say there's a difference between boys and girls. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I, you know, I'm, and I'm certain the government, the alien guys, they probably funded that. I, 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 it just blows me. And so what's the point? It, it never ceases to amaze me at some of the strangest things people are willing to believe. Yeah. Are you hearing me? And the truth is we all believe things that are hard to admit. You all, if I were to go around the room and if you would be honest, you believe some crazy stuff. Like, no, 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 I'm telling you, my great-grandpa told me. Yeah, my great-grandpa told me stories too. And my great-grandpa was German. He couldn't speak much English. He, he, he would always call me Doomcuff. And if you know, <laughs> Doomcuff is dumbbell in German. He'd go, come here, little Doomcuff. You know, and it was like, and, uh, it, and, he, and he, would, he actually taught me poems that later on in life, when I found out the meaning of them, were not good. It's like, why, would you, why is my grandfather teaching me these nasty poems? And here I am running around like a little kid thinking I know how to speak German. And he, anyway, that's a whole different, that's a different thing. And, and for many of us, here's the thing, for many of us, the things that we believe are daily affecting our life. It's affecting us. Listen, there is no other more powerful directing force in all of human behavior than what you believe. Are you hearing me? 
Listen, your beliefs have the power to create and to destroy. Your beliefs will empower you or they will handicap you. Your beliefs will take you on to success or they will leave you in failure. Your beliefs determine your future and your destiny. Let me ask you a question. You don't have to answer it. But what do you believe and why do you believe it? See, for many in Christianity, that can be a very difficult question to answer. Because for many, they have no idea what they believe and why they believe it. Oh, they can articulate things that I have said. Or another preacher has said. Or they read an article somewhere. But they have no idea what they believe and why they believe it. They simply accept whatever feels right or whatever makes sense in the moment. I'm going to say that again because that's critical to your thinking. They simply accept whatever feels right or makes sense in the moment. And with something so powerful, so powerful as belief that can change us, we cannot afford to be so complacent about it. Listen to Galatians. I, I want you to listen to this. Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Paul writing, he says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? Are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observed the law or because you believed what you heard? In this passage, Paul is dealing with the Galatians. He's kind of frustrated because something has happened to what they believe and why they believe it. And he starts off with an amazing phrase. He said, who has bewitched you? Literally, who has captivated your attention? This is critical that you understand this. Who has distracted you? Who has cast a spell on you? Who has lied to you? He tells them what you believed before was so clear, but now it's tainted. It's muddled. It's altered. And he points out to them that this newfound belief is what was changing their lives and ultimately changing their destiny. Are you hearing me? And I'm here to tell you that this is not some antiquated story that has no relevance for our lives, but this is the very thing that's happening all through Christianity. People are being duped, fooled, deceived to believe a lie. And they are changing what they believe to fit modern culture or to be politically correct 
or to somehow justify wrong behavior. Or simply listen to this one. This is the one that's so innocuous. Or simply to make them feel better. Here's the point. No matter what it is, whether it's a doctrinal belief or the things we believe about ourselves or the things that we believe about other people or the things that we believe about God, whatever it is, it's affecting your life right now. It is at work inside of you. And it is obvious that when we possess a belief system that is found in false doctrine, it will change everything. When we hold on to beliefs about who we are and what we are, it changes our lives. And when we have mistaken understanding of who God is and what he is in our lives, it changes everything. When we view the world around us through the lens of some false belief, everything changes And listen, it can be as simple as what you believe about yourself. Let's look at our text, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. He says, I beseech you, I beg you, I implore you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. This is such a powerful portion of Scripture because it points to the importance of our mind. And here's the grand question. How do we renew our minds? The word, the the mind, the, the, the... The mind is so powerful that a renewed mind will transform your entire life. Not one thing, all of it. And there is no doubt that a renewed mind, listen to me, mark it down. There is no doubt that a renewed mind is the result of what? Consistent and deliberate interaction with God and His word. And the reason why I use consistent and deliberate is church, there has to be a consistency about the interaction that we have with God and his word. And there has to be something that is deliberate in our application to it. The problem is, is we espouse many beliefs that we do not believe. Joshua 1.8 says this, and I want you to listen to these scriptures because these passages of scripture point to the power of a renewed mind or, or of renewing the mind. It is the process of that consistent, deliberate thing. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that was written in it. For then, underline, for then, you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Listen to what he is saying. He says, you shall meditate in it day and night. 
so that you can observe, so that you can apply it, so that you can do what is written in it. When you meditate on it and apply it, then you, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Psalms 1, 1 through 3, very similar. says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Look at the result. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever, or whatsoever he does shall prosper. Amen. So what is, it? What, what is this meditation thing? What is, what is this? We, I don't know how to meditate. Yes, you do. I declare to you every person, every man, woman, and child sitting in this room knows how to meditate. Have you ever gotten a bill that you didn't expect? Oh my God, how, how am I, I going to pay that? And you're up all night? Man, I'm so, you get to go to work the next day, man, I'm so tired. Why? I didn't, couldn't sleep. How come? Oh man, I was up all night thinking about how to pay this bill. That's called meditation. You're meditating on the negative. I was up all night, man, thinking about what he said to me. I can't believe they said that. Have, have you ever played that? How about husbands and wives? You got into a fight in the morning. It was a little bickering match. You got up and it was, you know, you both a little grumpy and you bumped into each other and sparks begin to fly. But all day long, the argument continues in your brain. I mean, you're arguing in your mind. You're like, rah, 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 and he's responding and she's responding. And, and now it's, it's getting violent and you're beating each other up. And on. That's meditation. You're adding facts that are not into evidence and you're thinking on it. You're building your case. You are explaining why you are right to the one that isn't listening to you. Yeah. It's called meditation. We know how to do it. We do it every day. The other day, I, about, about four months ago, I went to the hospital. I, was having, I went to the emergency room and just having a little thing, and I wanted it checked out because I was going out of town and on and on, long, long drawn-out story. I'm very healthy. Anyway, went, and so I, they didn't even hit me up for a copay. They said, you're good. You're golden. I'm out of here. I'm thinking, man, I got good insurance. I like my insurance, man. <laughs> I got a bill the other day. <laughs> Opened that bill up. $1,127.64. I'll say it again. $1,100. $1,100. They already paid 5000 of it. And you know what they did? They took my blood pressure. I could have done that at home. And then they looked at me and went, you're not feeling well. Holy cow. Eight years of school and you got that. I started meditating. What in the world? $1,100 for what? What did you do? I had to sit in your waiting room. Well, you provided TV. Right, I can sit at home watch TV. But I started meditating, meditating. How, how many have we done that? God's saying, I want you to do that with my word. 
I want you to get scripture. I want you to find something that speaks to you. And I want you to think about it until you have exhausted it. And it will change your life. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says this, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And then in Romans 5, 8 through, uh, or, uh, Romans 8, 5 through 7, he says this, for those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. What is he saying? He's saying, look it, you can pay attention to all that's going on here, but it is going to drive you nuts. It's going to drive you nuts. Or you could pay attention to what I'm doing. You could pay attention to me. And if you do that, I'll keep you in perfect peace. That's what he says in Isaiah, right? He says that he who keeps his mind stayed on him, he will keep in perfect peace. Are you hearing that? This is why this morning, church, it is so imperative that we live with a renewed mind and that we are continually Listen, allowing Holy Spirit to refresh and renew our minds through the Word of God. So let me show you why. I want to I take this journey. I talked about it a little bit last week in my sermon, but I want to really begin to expound on it because I want to show you how this plays out in life. Okay, I want to show you the process. So the first thing, actions or behavior. And usually when we talk about life, this is where we spend most of our time because it's so easy. If we're going to talk about change or if we're going to talk about right or wrong, this is where we spend our time. Our actions are our behavior. So we spend time pondering and thinking about our actions and our behavior. And then when we come to the conclusion, well, I've got something that I need to change in my life. I don't like what I'm doing. I don't like what I'm saying. I don't like how I live or how I'm living, then I need to change what I am doing. And so all of us kind of default to this place of that we kind of knuckle under, we muscle up, we gut it out, and we try to make a change. We try to bring discipline in our lives, but very often and most often, we find that we end up failing. And we just go back to what we've always gone back to. And so what we do is we end up violating our own conscience. And then afterwards, what we go is what we do is we go, it's just no use. Why even try? I'm going to fail anyway. I know it's wrong, but there ain't nothing I can do about it. And we, th- and we, we just go, well, I'm just going to leave it alone. And we end up worse than we were. The reason why that is, is because we don't understand where actions come from. We don't understand why we are behaving the way we are. So go to the next screen. See, our actions and our behavior, they come, they are the result of our emotions or how we're feeling. That's the next step in the equation here because all of us act and behave out of our emotions. Generally speaking, I know there are exceptions to the rule, and I know there are people that have maturity that have gotten beyond this. But generally speaking, what happens when we feel bad we act bad. 
When we feel good, we act good. For instance, let me just show you something. So, for instance, what happens is we go, we go to uh, uh, work, and our boss comes out and just begins to chew us out for something we did not do. We immediately begin to feel bad, don't we? We begin to feel bad, and the corresponding, the rest of the day is a bummer, right? We're, we're late, we, we, we just do stuff. We kind of move slowly through. We, it's like, well, if you don't like this speed, you sure ain't going to like the next one. <laughs> you know, we cop an attitude. We say things we don't mean, you know, and, and we say stuff that we, we really do. And if we allow ourselves to really go, then what happens is we start doing things that we regret. And why? It's because we're feeling something. But if our boss comes to us, same day, different story, boss comes and says, you are doing such a good job that I know nobody has noticed, but I've noticed, and so I'm giving you a dollar raise. All of a sudden, we're on top of the world, and we're praising God, and we're t- everybody's, a, you know, all our coworkers are awesome to work with, and there's nobody that's, you know, a nincompoop, and all on and on and on, and everything's great. Why? Because you feel good. So what we do then is we do like we do with actions. We, we try to make a commitment. Well, I'm just not going to feel that way no more. I'm just not going to react with my emotions like that, only to find ourselves once again failing. So where do the emotions come from? Well, let's look. Come from our thoughts and our thinking. And this is what we're talking about. So we bet last week we talked about the discipline of the mind. So out of our thinking, see, th- when s- stuff happens, we go to work in our mind, we think, that produces emotions, that produce actions. But again, we have to ask the question, where does this thinking come from? I, you know, if I'm going to renew my mind, how do I get better thoughts? How do I get better thoughts? So let's go to the next one. It's our belief system. And that's what we're talking about. Because, because out of your belief system, everything flows. Everything. See, our belief system is a lens. It's a filter through which everything is evaluated. And everyone has a belief system. Because our belief system is made up, listen, it's made up of our perspective, it's made up of our values, our morals, our priorities, our securities, our insecurities. Our belief system is where the experiences of our life are stored. The successes, the failures, the hurts, the wounds, the celebrations, the grief, the loss, all of it is a part of our belief system and that's where everything flows from. Do you know we can actually convince ourselves that we believe something that we don't actually believe? Do you know why? Because the, the Bible says this. It says, it tells us in so many words that from that belief, we live. One man put it this way. He said, what you say you believe is not what you believe. But what you believe is demonstrated by the actions of your life. We are seeing this Almost in 3D now, in color. Monday, when you go home Monday, uh, when you go to uh, home Monday, turn on the news. And within the first five minutes, you're going to see a broadcaster do something, a new term. It's a new term. 
It's called virtue singling. Virtue signaling. Signaling. That's a hard word for me. Virtue signaling. And what it is, is they are espousing a belief system that they have no intention of living. And, and, and I'm not, look, at, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of an example that's not going to be controversial. It's really tough. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so just lay it on us. Let me say this. I believe as the children of God, we have a mandate from the Word of God and from heaven to be good stewards over that which God has given us. God gave us the earth. We are to be good stewards over it. But the way in which we go about being good stewards can be good and bad. We can make one law to overcome another law that gets further, gets us further into bad stewardship. We can ban one form of energy only to have another form of energy create even deeper problems because we really don't believe it anyway. What we're doing is trying to get somewhere with it. Does that make sense? So how does this happen in our lives? So let me show you. So go to the next screen. It's probably two more. Go to the next one. Oh, stay right there. That one right there. So what happens is everyday life happens, right? It's neither bad or good. It's, it, it, the, the facts of life are just what they are. I remember years ago hearing a story about a little old man. He's a Chinese man, and he had one son. And one day, this little old man and his son are out working and on their farm, and somehow the son had left the corral open, and their only plow horse got out and ran away. And all the villagers came and said, oh, we're so sorry this tragedy has happened. He goes, how do you know? How do you know it's bad? The next day, the horse comes back, but he's got in tow 50 other horses with him. And they all run into the corral, and all the townspeople come out and go, oh my gosh, this is so good, what a blessing. And the old man goes, how do you know? <laughs> the next day, the young man, his son, is out working with the newfound horses and somehow gets bucked off a horse and breaks his leg. And all the townspeople come out and go, oh, what a tragedy. And he goes, how do you know? And the next day, War is declared in the area, and the army comes in drafting all the young men, but this man's young man gets to stay home because he's got a broken leg, and all the townspeople come out and say, oh, what a blessing that is. And he goes, how do you know? The reality, the point, and the moral of the story is life is life. It's just happening. If you go out to your car today and there's a flat tire, I guarantee you it's not the devil. You know, Christians, we are, all, we, we, you, the problem with Christians is you're far more devil conscious than you are Holy Spirit conscious. We're, we're always convinced that there is a little demon running around doing things. You know, it's kind of like, you know, this little imp. He's not even called a devil yet. He's an imp. He's got really crooked wings. He got, hasn't got his horns yet. He hasn't got his horns. He's not, he's not been promoted enough to get his horns, let alone his pitchfork. So what they do is they send him out doing little things like popping people's tires. So here he is, he's out in the parking lot, and he pops your tire. 
I just knew it. That little imp got me. I've got to fight the devil. You know what? Flat tires happen. You know, it's, I, I think it's put this way. Life happens. And there's all kinds of colorful ways to say that. It just happens. Life happens. It's not bad or good. It's just a flat tire. Yeah, it inconvenienced you. That, well, you may not like that. Sorry. But it happens. You might go find a $50 bill on your window. That's good. Maybe. Because you might have a $100 bill when you get home. I, who knows? It just happens. But what it does is the facts of life, the events of life, hit our belief system and we have a lens. That belief system. And then we begin to view and evaluate all the things that are happening through what we believe. So if I am, if, if my belief system, so if I have a, a belief system about myself that I am basically a failure, then when good things happen, I will not receive it. If bad things happen, I inflate it. But if I have a belief system that I'm a child of God, when bad things happen, I look at it as a temporary setback that I'm going to blow through. And when good things happen, I go, that's right, I'm a son of God, and this is the blessing of God on my life. This happens in marriages all the time. What happens is we say and do things that hurt us, and then we hang on to that. And we begin to believe that hurt. And so what happens is we begin to, everything goes on, everything that's said from that point goes through that filter of hurt. This is what happens to kids that are raised with parents that have been abusive. They create a filter. When you've had tragedy after tragedy after tragedy, it creates a filter. So the question is, well, what do I do? What, what, what do I do? We have to change our belief system. We have to have our minds renewed. And so how do we get our minds renewed? Consistent, deliberate interaction with God and his word. That's what we got to do, church. You have to learn, you have to read the word until you figure out who you are. You read it, and when you read Romans 8, where it says, I now cry, Abba, Father, that I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ, that I am a son. Not, I'm a son of God, not because of my will or man's will or anybody else's will, but because of the will of God. God willed that I would be his son. He chose me. He found me in the gutter, in the, in the stench of my own sin, and says, I choose you. And I imagine there are people in this room going, well, that's good for you, but he didn't choose me. I'm telling you, he chose you. That's the thing. That's what the Word of God says. And that's how we change it. And we have to change what we believe. The reason that we're acting and reacting and doing and saying and doing all the stuff that we do is because of this thing that's inside us. We could sit back and we could go, yeah, you know what? I, I, I believe God. Do you? I've had to ask myself, 
Do I really believe him in this area? And sometimes the answer is no, I don't believe him. I don't believe he's going to do it. Yeah, I know the word says he will, but I don't believe for a minute he will. I still have a, I do not have any problem believing he'll do it for you. But will he do it for me? Will he do it for me? Will he do it for me? I don't know. It ain't been done. Ain't done yet. Still sick. Isaiah 53, 5 says, He was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by his stripes I'm healed. That's great. But I'm still sick. So what we do is we create a belief system that is based on what God's not doing instead of what he said he would do. And so we wonder, how, why is this? See, I determined a while ago, I determined I do not care about the results. The results are not my responsibility. The Bible says clearly, one waters, another one plants, another one harvests, but God gives the increase. God is in charge of the results. My job is to believe. Yeah. Period. So what, who is God? He says by his own word, I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God that heals you. Done. Is it God's will to heal? Every time. You're not healed. Don't care. Don't care. God's name is Jehovah Jireh. He's the Lord, my provider. I'm still trying to figure out how to pay the bills. I thought he said he would provide. He will. He is. He woke me up this morning so I can work a job so that I could get enough money to pay the bills. Thank you, Jesus, you provided. I choose to believe him. I'm putting that in my belief system. Is he going to move for me? Yes. He will. You don't see it. Okay. Don't care. I'm not in denial. I'm not in denial. I know. But I choose to believe. I choose to have a belief system that matches what he says, not what I can see. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says those things that we see are temporary, but the things we cannot see are eternal. And you go, well, I believe the word of God. Well, there you go. Put that in your belief system. Well, I believe, do you believe all the, how many believe the word of God? Raise your hand. You believe it? All of it. You believe all of it. Okay. Some of you didn't raise your hand. We'll work on you later. You believe it? Then apply it. That's what we got to do. See, the most important thing about your life is what you believe. Because what we believe directs, influences our entire life. Your belief system develops every decision. Your belief system directs your thinking. Your belief system influences your emotions. Your belief system determines your actions. One man said these words, belief is power, the power to create. You create your own reality simply by what you agree to believe. Your deepest beliefs about everything hold your attention and propel you into action, or they keep you from taking action. What you believe impacts your whole life. Belief colors every experience and determines how we react in any situation. Think about this for a moment. If we're looking through the lens of hurt, if we look through the lens of failure, shame, anger, jealousy, 
what will it do? It creates the corresponding action. You say, well, aren't, are you saying those things aren't real? No, I am. They're real. I choose not to, I choose not to allow the lens of hurt to be the lens I look through. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, have I failed? Sure I have. I've made mistakes. Have I been hurt? Yes. Have I felt shame? Yes. <laughs> I'll tell you a story. Just hit me. Talking about shame. You know what shame is? Shame is that thing that just weighs on you that after years of doing something, you're like, oh, I can't, I'm so embarrassed. You ever been embarrassed like that? I went on my, one of my first dates ever, this girl in Holbrook, Arizona. I went on this date with a group of us, went to Pizza Hut. We're all sitting around the table, and she's sitting in front of me, and we're looking at each other and all that. And I take a big old bite of pizza. I'm hungry. And somebody says something funny, and I start laughing. And pizza flew out of my mouth. <laughs> Stuck to her forehead. Never went on a date again with her, <laughs> ever. And for years, that used to bug me. It's like I was embarrassed. I, I mean, 20 years go by, and I'm sitting there next to my beautiful wife with my three children, thinking about the pizza flying out of my mouth. I took a napkin, and I went, sorry. No, I, 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 I didn't. I did. I did. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. But see, it can be as silly as that. And we laugh, and sometimes they are. It's funny things. But I want to tell you, sometimes the devil will manipulate those silly little things into a situation where it handicaps you. It literally paralyzes you because you believe something that you're not. So in closing, let me just bring this to a close. It's so important that you spend time in the Word. And the reason that we spend time in the Word is because meditating in the Word causes your mind to be renewed to God's way of thinking. His Word then becomes the new lens and the new filter. See, I don't want you to get from this that I'm saying that you got to go out now and figure out how to believe outside of the hurt. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm not asking you to go look in the mirror and go, I'm not hurt, I'm not hurt, I'm not hurt. Or I'm not ashamed, or I'm not guilty, or I'm not mad, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. What I'm asking you to do is to consistently, deliberately interact with God and His Word until His Word becomes your filter. That's what we do. We put it in and put it in. And then what happens, this is the wonderful thing about God, is because when we do that, then righteousness is the natural and logical outcome. It's now simple. It's like, I, do I want to look at that stuff? No. Do I want to be that? Do I want to talk like that? Do I want to do that? Do I want to? No, I don't want no part of that because that's not who I am because I'm looking through a different lens. See, when your mind is renewed to the Word of God, 
you are inwardly strengthened and it becomes extremely hard to deceive you. And in the end, every thought, every emotion, and all your actions are transformed by the renewing of our mind. I believe as we close today, this is probably the most important message I've ever preached because it changes everything. Changes everything. It's been tough. It's been a hard ride. This is not a message that I got out of a book somewhere. This is a message that I've lived, that my wife can testify. I am very open and vulnerable with my wife. I share everything. My journey, I share with her. And there's been good days, really, really good days. And there's been equally as bad. There's, not, there's been days I haven't done well. There's days I embraced the negative. I just grabbed a hold of it. But I'm learning. I'm growing. And I said, I'm changing. Can you say amen? amen? Why don't you bow your heads with me? Father, we thank you so much. God, for your goodness and your grace. And Father, we pray, Lord, that you would cause this truth, this revelation to be very real inside us that Lord that we would do Lord the the homework to investigate what what are we really believing Lord when we identify things that are going sideways in our life let us look back and say okay what what am I believing what lie have I believed what what falsehood what negative thing have I spent too much time meditating on and father I pray that you give us a hunger and a passion for the word Lord that we would desire it as our necessary food and Father that you would strengthen us and we give you glory and we give you honor in Jesus name Amen I'm going to ask my ministry team if they would come up front right up here just come up and anyone that needs prayer for anything we want you to, we want you to, to come up and let them pray for you Let's all stand to our feet. We're going to release you. It's going to, next week is going to finish this series. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be equally as fun. God bless you. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.